This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to How Gen Y Buy. Each week, we speak to everyday Australians to discover the unique ways in which they are entering the property market. Learn how Gen Y are beating the odds and getting their foot on the property ladder with your host, Nathan Smith, the Managing Director and Mortgage Broker at Birdie Wealth. Welcome back to the seventh episode of How Gen Y Buy. I'm your host, Nathan Smith. Today, we've had Jacob make a long trip all the way from his office upstairs above the studio to come down and have a chat with us today. Jacob managed to buy a property in the middle of 2017 in a market that was fairly aggressive and difficult for first-time buyers to get into, but he has managed to make that purchase, so we're going to talk through his scenario today. Jacob, welcome. Thank you, Nathan. Thanks very much for coming in. Um, I really like your story, so I uh, appreciate you coming in and sharing it with everyone today. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we met around about two years ago. It was the very first time we caught up uh, to start to begin to talk through your situation and scenario. What was it about property that made you decide to start to look at it? Um, I, th- I feel that I guess um, setting myself up in terms of family life and um, you know, just getting into the property market was uh, one of the biggest goals for me. Um, parents always had the pressures on that you've got to, you know, um, not waste all your money and, um, you know, actually have a future and not rent all your life. Um, so I did, I guess, have some uh, family pressures at home, but also, yeah, I want to be comfortable, you know, later on in life. But positive pressures, I guess. So what they really want the best for you and wanted you to... Uh get into the Sydney market and, and use your money wisely. So that's fantastic. So, so we caught up in 2015, I would say, at some stage to begin to look through your scenario. Where were you at at that particular point? Um, I guess very early on in the piece. Um, I, I guess I needed some guidance as to, you know, what things to look out for, how much deposit do I really need, uh, and just run through a couple of scenarios of, you know, how soon I could... I guess, get into the property market. Uh, I guess that was the, the goal in mind. And then I guess to help me do some research on, you know, um, if I could afford a, a family home or if it was going to be more of a, like a townhouse or maybe even a unit. So I needed to get some guidance on, you know, repayments and, um, you know, how much actual deposit I really needed to get into the market. So, so that initial meeting for you was just really a, a fact find to gather together a, a brief idea of what's happening with property. How do I go about making those first steps to get into it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. And I believe that, I guess, the, with the deposit, I always thought it was just 20%. But when you run through it all, um, you can do it with a little bit less um, and some other different factors that you... I guess, showed me to get into the market, which yeah. was good. So did you think it would it would take around about two years? Was that Did you have a set time frame on when you wanted to, to buy that property? Uh, I'm a pretty now-now sort of person, so I wanted to, I guess, get into it in, you know, in one year. Um, but once I did go through all the scenarios and actually mapped it out of how much I could save, you know, per week and then do it over per month and then, you know, on a yearly basis... Um, I guess, you, you know, the house that you want to afford, you've got to sometimes compromise a little bit. Um, but, yeah, look, I feel having a goal in mind definitely makes you save a lot harder rather than, you know, going out and blowing all your money on yeah. things you don't really need. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I remember with uh, over the couple of years prior to you buying a property, mm. we caught up a number of different times and ran all sorts of scenarios. We ran 
buying a place to live in. We ran buying an investment property. We yes. had a double in potentially developing with family. We looked at yeah. all sorts of different scenarios. So um, I think that was positive and, and that's something I do with every client is sit down and we actually talk about that timeline of where you are today, where do you want to be in five years, where do you want to be in 10 years and try and map out which scenario is best going to fit around it because a lot of the time as we start to drew those out, we said, well, hang on, this one's not going to work for you because of X reason or or perhaps this is going to be more favourable. So yeah, we're sure. doing all those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I do remember actually I think our first conversation was more on the investment side of things but once I did weigh it up a fair bit, um, you know, it was only going to be for the short term. So buying something purely for investment and then, you know, having to go and live in it when you, it's not really suitable probably isn't an ideal scenario either. So Yeah, I think people have to understand property is uh, it's always that long-term investment. So even kind of a four- to five-year time frame for an, an investment property before buying the family home, it, it could work, but it's a, it's a short window in property. You don't actually know what's going to have, and a lot of those factors are out of your control. So when you start to sit down with people and say, well, I'm not ready for a family home yet. I'm, I'm not ready for another five years. I'll just get an investment in the meantime. The cost to actually buy into that investment property, hold it for a five-year period, then the outgoing costs of selling it and capital gains, what are you left with? Not much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're really reliant on uh, on that property going up and hoping it does well. So you've saved quite a good deposit uh, prior to buying a property. You even had a little bit left over to go on a holiday afterwards, which is nice. So it was nice. You weren't uh, you weren't scrimping and, and on the noodles straight after you bought the property. So you did keep some aside. Did you have a system or process in place to save that deposit? I guess I set a, a solid goal of how much I was going to save per month. Um, I, was, I guess I manage everything on a monthly basis, so I pretty much set a goal for that and I didn't, I guess, deviate from that at all. Great. Um, just kept it locked in, automatic savings plan, and just, just kept chipping it away into an account that wasn't, I guess, linked to my account um, and just was very disciplined and never dipped into it and, I guess, never, um, I guess, you know, lightened that deposit, you know, um, every month going through so yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly the, the two the two things you've said they're exactly the system which works for most people that's the way I see most people being most effective in their saving is have it automated yes. and have it in an account that's out of sight and out of mind get that transfer away it's over into an account somewhere else you can't see it you can't look at it and if you do need to spend it for some reason if there's an emergency or something comes up you can still get access to the money but you have to manually break the savings pattern and force yourself to put it. It takes two days, so yes. you will double think it. Yes. Hopefully stop <laughs> hopefully stop the impulse purchases. So over the last two years you've been in the Sydney market. It's been hot, it's been racing away, property prices have been screaming up. What have you seen in the media and on social media around about property? Um I, I guess yeah, it's it was on fire, especially when I was looking to buy it. This was every week on TV, it's going up, you know, clearance rates were through the roof. Um, and there's all things, I guess, about people, you know, for housing afford- affordability um, was, you know, you have to go all the way up west um, to even have a chance. But for me, for lifestyle was important. Um, so I just kept, I guess, looking uh, in the Shire area. And, and I guess I ran through a couple of scenarios to even you know, go down the coast um, towards Wollongong Way. Um, but, um, yeah, I guess, look, lifestyle was the biggest decision in the end for me. 
Um, what about family and or particularly friends? Let's say your friends and, and group of friends, or say on Facebook or on social media, what were you seeing other people in your peer group and friends saying about the property market? Yeah, that it's just so hard um, that I guess a lot of my friends are still renting. Um, I guess there's a lot of people trying to save for a property, but it just the actual reach of trying to get in was getting harder and harder and a home was, mm. you know, near impossible. Uh, maybe a, a unit, you know, you might be able to dip into it, but pretty much you'd maybe have to have it as an investment property for X amount of years to ha- have a go, really. Uh, but just, yeah, I guess the whole feel of it was, yeah, I guess a lot tougher, I guess, on my generation. Yeah. Uh, and that, the, you know, the people in other generations are, are lucky because their houses you know, were a million dollars and now they're two million. Uh, yes. Units were 300,000, now they're 600. So I guess really gone up really uh, aggressively, like you mentioned. Um, but yeah, this, I guess a negative sort of approach for, for my generation, really. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. There was, there's a bit of, uh, I think it's settled down a little bit lately, but there's certainly when the talk about housing affordability comes out, it's very negative. It's very, there's a lot of lost hope that they'll never get into the market, that it can't happen. Um, and my advice to those people is just to go and speak to somebody and sit down and and get a plan in place to start to see how you do it. It's not something that you can necessarily do in three months' time. Quite often we put a plan in place for a two- or three-year purchase and get yourself set up so that at that particular point then you're ready to go into the market. Of course. All right. Now you've got your pre-approval in place. You're ready to go. Spend your Saturdays out at open houses. How did you go about looking at properties and, and what was that process like for you? I did um, a, a lot of research on, I guess, realestate.com.au to, um, I guess, get a feel of what things were selling for um, in terms of the property that I was interested in. Um, so I would look at things that, you know, were previously sold, but also, um, you know, what's on the market. It is sort of hard to get a gauge because, I guess, um, a lot of, there was a lot of auctions at the time, so they might advertise a place for X amount and it would always go, 10 or 20% higher than that. Um, yeah. So I guess you can, you know, be on a little bit of a uh, emotional roller coaster. Which in the market you're that. looking in is, you know, fifty dollars to $80,000 higher than you expect and just unaffordable now. Yeah, correct. So um, so I did a lot of research, I guess, yeah, online, spoke to a lot of family and friends and um, eventually narrowed down after running through a lot of scenarios in terms of location, in terms of the size of the property, um, the location of where I wanted to buy, um, and then went to, I guess, a couple of open houses just to, I guess, experience, you know, what it's like and what I do like about properties and what I don't like um, because on, with pictures online, I guess, uh, you know, it doesn't sort of map out, you know, for a family home of what, what you want. Yeah. Um, so they're, after, great at, they're great at Photoshop too, aren't they? They can uh, certainly spruce a place yeah, up with those photos. Yeah, want one of those cameras. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're traveling around looking at places um, and the idea behind visiting a lot is just trying to work out what you actually do and don't like in a property. So Yeah, yeah well, that's what I found because I looked at one property and um, – the actual kitchen, when you walked in, you actually went upstairs to, and the, the kitchen was actually upstairs with a living room upstairs and a main bedroom. Okay. Uh, and then the, there was bedrooms downstairs, and yeah. it was, and the backyard out the back, and it was, it was yeah, it was a little, little bit weird. Um, Just I guess didn't I'm, make sense. At it all. didn't make sense, and yeah. look, I'm pretty flexible in terms of, you know, living, but I just thought, you know, down the track, ten years later, if I want to sell the property. 
I guess the market you're going to be selling to uh, is going to be a lot smaller than you know the market you could be selling to. So uh, I remember you always gave me advice on you know look for things like the location. Is there a train station nearby? Um, you know, food shops, schools, all those sort of things. But I think the actual format of the house uh, or property uh, is very important as well. Yeah, uh, I've, I've certainly seen some doozies as well. I've seen ones where you've <laughs> got to walk through a kitchen to get into the bedroom. And and then in that bedroom, they I thought it was a, uh, a cupboard. It was actually a shower-toilet combo that you stepped into like a closet. And I'm thinking, who's actually going to use that thing? It was just insane. So there really are some strange combos to set out. Um, so you've bought in 2017 in the, the year when most people have said it's impossible to buy. You, you were talking before about that key criteria for property. What were those key criteria in the end that you wanted to have in a property? Because uh, it was going to be something that I was going to, I guess, live in, um, the key criteria for me was, uh, number one, the, the location of where it was going to be. Um, I wanted somewhere um, that... I guess had a network of friends in. I didn't want to move out somewhere and I guess start all over again. So that the location of the place, um, you know, close to public transport. Not that you know I use it on a daily basis, but um, if you know if I did get a border in or anything like that, um, it's, it's going to have a bit more flexibility there. Um, and then moving forward from there, things like you know having a garage was was one of the things. You know, a backyard where you could actually you know entertain was important. I wasn't really looking for something that I guess you just open the sliding door and you, you can go outside and yeah. um, turn around your back in yeah. uh, sort of thing. So I did have a bit more of an entertaining area um, because I believe you'd be spending a lot of time there. And then I guess look at a nice nice kitchen and some decent sized bedrooms. Uh, apart from that, you know, clean and tidy. Um, but mainly the, the functionality of, you know, having some space in the place was, I guess, a key thing, you know, not living in so much what they call a shoebox. Yeah, man. So I want to talk through the, the property you actually bought. It was a fairly unique way in which you purchased it because you did some negotiations direct with the vendor. Yes. You, yes, knew, you knew who the vendor was. You knew he actually worked in our building. Yeah. And uh, and with the agent, you, you were having some luck and sometimes you weren't having luck and and you actually decided to sit down and chat. So how did you find – how did that conversation go? Yeah, so it was a bit of a funny one um, – my mum actually goes to a gym with a, a lady, um, and it was actually her daughter's place. Um, and I did actually scroll through it on realestate.com, and I guess look, the photos in most cases they do do a really good job, but in this scenario, they didn't do so much of a good job. Yeah. So I sort of actually skimmed over it, and it was on the on the back burner a little bit. Um, but then because I guess um, you know got talking with mum, and she said, "Look, we've got a pro- there's a property online, you know, in in the local area." I thought, you know what, I'll just go and check it out. So actually arranged a, a private you know viewing uh, without the real estate, which was which was good. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was you know a little bit awkward because you just with you know uh, walking through their bedrooms, walking through their bedrooms <laughs> with them around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a unique scenario, and I've never bought a property before, so it was I wasn't sure what to expect. So inspected the place, um, and um, you know it did tick all the boxes. Um, so inspected the place on the on the Saturday afternoon, and I pretty much look. I had my pre approval um, ready to go, and everything was all all done. Um, so basically decided, you know, what this is the property I want to purchase. Um, in the meantime, whilst I did go into that property, I did find out that they did 
already um, purchased a property themselves, so they were looking at getting into that property uh, in the next sort of two months. Um, so they had that pressure there, I'd say. Um, and they also had an offer that um, they accepted, but then that uh, person's finance fell through. So they had a little bit of pressure on them as well to, to get out of their place as quick as they can um, to avoid, I guess, all the bridging finance and whatnot. So what I did was uh, I called up um, called up the, the seller on the, on the Monday and organized a meeting uh, downstairs at the cafe, and I had a clear plan of what I was happy to offer and um, also let him know that I was flexible in terms because I knew that would be a, a unique negotiation point. Particularly and with the pressure they've got to to move on from that property. Correct, correct. So um, what happened was we agreed on a price over a handshake. Um, these days, look, a handshake doesn't mean much, so it was a little bit nerve-wracking. Um, and eventually, look, that, um, that buyer went back to the real estate agent. Um, them being real estate agents said, oh, you know, it was only on a handshake, let's try and chip him up. And But look, he held his end of the bargain, which was good, and he didn't want to renegotiate because he had the pressure of needing to get out of his place. So pretty much, I believe, look, having the money ready to go and being flexible on terms, I really feel, you know, got me a good deal and, and got them a good deal as well in the end. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think it was a fair price and it, it was a situation that worked well for both of you. You were able to get in the market you wanted to get into. You were able to help them out by setting terms and, and set them a date to fit around them because from your point of view, you were living at home at the time. There's no pressure as far as whether it's this month or next month or wherever it fits. Was It didn't bother them. me at all. So absolutely. I think that's a unique thing, I guess, about, you know, my generation is that, you know, you probably don't, they probably don't have any previous homes or any pressures there so uh, if you can be flexible in those terms it does help a lot of people who are I guess hamstrung by that next property that they've you know um, purchased yeah so where were you when your offer was accepted when you um, when they said yep was it just at the cafe there basically it was at the said, cafe there over it. a handshake and um, yeah that that was pretty much it you know it was, a, it was a lot of pressure in you know a very short amount of time um, look, the real estate had their backup, I, I believe, a little bit because they wanted to, I guess, sell the property. I'm not sure what happened with um, their commissions and whatnot. And, you know, for whatever reason, look, I didn't, I didn't really care. Yes. Um, but, yeah, look, when they called me, they were a little bit cold about it and they were pretty much, um, look, where's your deposit? Um, do you have your funds ready? And they were very blunt and harsh. And because I did have it and didn't shake, um, I was secured it that day and... Yeah, there was no mucking around and away we went, so which was a good thing. Yeah, so between you've got you're at a pre-approval stage at that, we've still got to send a valuer through the property and, and get your loan formally approved. Mm. Was that nerve-wracking that process waiting for that final signal to say it's all good, we're underway? Yeah, in between, yeah, I guess um, that week. Uh, I was a little bit nervous. Look, you never know with finance; there always can be a little speed bump. Um, but look, I think in the end, with the, I guess the confidence you gave me and um, the way I did set myself up in terms of um, you know showing a, a strong savings um, regime and not deviating from it, um, you know I believe that helped me in the end really. So 
Yeah, it does. I mean, it is a nerve-wracking week, and and I always have to as a broker because for me this is just it's just another day. Like this week, I've got clients sitting at the moment in that five-day cooling mm. off period. They're yeah. consistently sitting there. So um, for me, it's a constant reminder that it is a very nerve-wracking week. It is difficult, and it's not something that you do every day. You only buy a few property in your lifetime. And uh, myself having bought property, I remember exactly how I felt. Even when I was a broker buying property, I still remember that feeling of waking up every day going, is it going to be approved today? Are we going to have bad news? Am I going to get something back? When is the bank going to pick it up? So uh, I certainly can uh, sympathize with you on that point as to what happened there. And uh, But you got through, we got the approval, and then from there it was a fairly smooth transition all the way through to settlement day. Definitely was. Yeah. So what's next? I believe just uh, making a, I guess a, a good dent into um, into the, I guess the home loan now. Um, that, that's my biggest goal at the moment is just to keep, to get that down as much as I can, and then I guess maybe engage with you again and um, maybe refinance uh, to get the repayments down. Um, so I believe look, being disciplined on this at this point in time would definitely help me down the track, and then I guess look. Moving forward from there, you know, um, who knows? Uh, could definitely increase that portfolio and you know buy a few investment properties. You know, that's the end goal. Um, but I believe, yeah, to get that mortgage down as much as you can whilst you whilst you're working hard and uh, making money. So, Good answer. Yeah. Probably not the yeah. most uh, most sexy answer. You know, you're not uh, not out saying you're going to buy another ten properties. Just reducing debt is just a really good simple strategy after that first purchase. Uh, generally, when you're buying that first property, you're starting with the largest percentage of debt, and there's not a lot of equity in the property. So, just to get your head in and get that get that loan yeah. down, start to pay it off, is is a great great idea. And to also give yourself a little bit of a buffer. So, if you can put a good dent in it, and you do eventually refinance, your repayments will be lower, um, and you're going to have less financial stress, and it will give you more options to maybe take advantage of a price dip in the market where you can maybe buy an investment property and you know uh, set yourself up even better. So. Absolutely. Last question for you. What's that one bit of advice you've got for other first home buyers who are looking to get into the market? I guess having a solid plan, um, the way you formulate that, I guess uh, for me it was to engage someone who, was, who, who does this every day. Um, being yourself, Nathan, um, I believe it gave me a, a really – Good, clear, and precise plan, um, and opened up my eyes of you know what it's it's not that hard if if you plan for it. Um, and I guess look, another piece of advice would be that I believe that helped me was from all the pre-planning that we did do, um, having all the money ready, the pre-approval ready, and knowing what what my budget was and buying within that budget. Um, when you do go down to the the pointy end and you find the property that you do want. Um, you can make a solid and firm offer and, you know, uh, or obviously negotiating, being flexible on terms, um, you know, a combination of all that, you know, definitely would help in the end. Um, yeah. So having that clear plan, having all your ducks in a row, having your finance sorted, knowing who you're going to use for your conveyancing and, and legal, having your deposit ready to go. And then on negotiation day, that other tip you've got is to potentially push away from price and have a look at ways you can help them out with other conditions on the contract. Of course, yeah. And it's it's really funny because when you – I guess when you're buying a property for, to, you know, to, to live in, 
you're emotional about it and you don't want to miss out. Um, so, um, you know, that fear of missing out on that property, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty um, big emotion. Um, so if you can jump on it and, and yeah, just have that clear plan and, and put that firm offer in, chances are you'll get a lot of people that are bidding on that property as well. Perfect. Um, which is good. So, so great story there. Really, uh, really unique one. Jake, uh, thanks so much for coming in today and, and sharing your story. Thanks, Nathan. The, the key takeaways I've got there is that it is possible to buy in 2017. It is even possible to buy on your own in 2017. And uh, with that negotiation, very unique way to do it, but being flexible with the vendor and, and being able to work in around their settlement dates uh, gave you an edge and got your property into the market that you want to buy in. Thanks for joining us all again. This is the seventh episode. For those who have been listening in, please give us a review on the page. Uh, Let us know what your thoughts are on it and some feedback. It's been really positive so far. And uh, we'll see you all in a fortnight's time. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.